Ask the Podcast Coach for December 30th, 2023. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Happy New Year and welcome back from a week off last week. Appreciate everybody giving us a little bit of time off. It was Christmas. You had a funeral to officiate. Welcome back. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's one of those things where you, because of my podcast kind of things, that I was able to basically tell a story. You know, in this case, it was the story of my uh, a friend I've known since I was 16, and uh, all went well. It was, uh, for me, my best Christmas gift this year was walking up to her, because there's, in my opinion, there's nothing better than giving someone a hug who really, really needs a hug. And uh, she just buried her face in my shoulder and cried and had a good cry, and it, was, uh, it wasn't fun. Obviously, it's a funeral, but I felt... Uh, like whatever the opposite of insignificant, I felt significant. There you go. Uh, so, your Build your bucket, as we would say. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, and once the funeral was over, we went out for lunch, and of course, everybody. I don't see the pot. Are we not drinking coffee this morning? Oh yeah, no. It's oh, right it's here. off camera. I was like, <laughs> and um, we poured some coffee and uh, got back on track because that always coffee always helps, wouldn't you say, Jim? It helps everything in every way. You know, let's let's get it poured. There here. you go. So that coffee pour, of course, is brought to you by our good friend Mark over at podcastbranding.co. I've used Mark for Ask the Podcast Coach, for the School of Podcasting, for the Podcast Rodeo Show. And I love them all. And the beauty of that is he sits down with you and really kind of looks at what you currently have, looks at what you're trying to achieve, and he just does a great job. And every time I see something that he's done. I'm like, oh man, that is so Mark. And they always look really just, it's just not the the crayon. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you see people's artwork and you're like, did they bust out the Crayolas for that? That's just not very professional. And so he's going to sit down with you one-on-one, look at your website, because it's not just artwork. If you need a whole website, if you need a PDF done for some sort of league magnet, he will do whatever it needs to make you look great. Because remember, they're going to you know, see you before they hear you. And plus, he's a podcaster, so you don't have to explain what a podcast is. He's awesome. Check him out at podcastbranding.co. Tell him Dave and Jim sent you. And, of course, big thanks to our good friend, Dan LeFebvre, over there, Based on a True Story podcast at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Uh, if you didn't check it out, head out there now. Uh, last week was a classic episode, The History of Christmas, with Heather LeFebvre. So you might want to get a little insight into the LeFebvre family. Uh, check it out. It's available right now based on a true story podcast.com. Come on. It, let's admit you've run out of podcasts. It's, it's worth it. We're in that week <laughs> where you've listened to everything. You're tired of the family. You need a new podcast to listen to. Check it out today based on a true story podcast.com. And Dan, thanks for your sponsorship. And you're like, oh, not another prediction show. Oh, no. Although, um, I haven't seen a lot of those this year, to be honest. I, I know Ross Brand always does. He puts a yeah. book together with predictions for 2024. I haven't seen a lot of those. The, YouTube has quite a bit of re, uh, year, in, year in review videos coming out. The 
you know, 2023, here's what happened. Yeah. I actually find those kind of helpful sometimes if they're done well. Well, you know, uh, just, Blueberry just did one where they reviewed what they did this year as a company. And there mm-hmm. were things I'm like, oh, I didn't like they made a um, like a link tree. Like if you want a link tree website, you can basically do that through Blueberry. They did a bunch of 2.0 stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I was up on most of those. But there were a couple in there like, I didn't know they did that. So in uh, DR says, hey, I watched your interview with Grabrini. She says, I love those uh, projection types. So we weren't really predicting. We were like, hmm, you know, uh, if it comes from someone that is someone I respect. So I had the, uh, my prediction, I said, it's not really a prediction. I go, it's uh, it's math. And that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? So if all these different hosts now have the ability to add dynamic ads, Right. So now there's a whole lot of ad slots. If the number of advertisers does not go up, the price is going to go down. Because if I go to Jim and go, I will pay you peanuts to advertise on your show. And Jim goes, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I can go to the next person who will take peanuts. And I was like, but I think the price of ads is going to stay because 2024 has not one, I just found out, but two major um presidential thingies, uh, elections, major, like, I guess the UK is electing somebody as well. And so there's going to be tons, like lots, and I'll be interesting, really interesting with all this AI to hear. I don't want to talk about politics, but just the fact that uh, the political ads now have the ability to make your, your opponent say anything. So you could have ads where, you know, Joe Biden's like, I want to blow up the world. No joke. You know? Uh, And so that's going to have a big influx of, advertising money. So what I'm really interested in seeing is 2025 because mm. by that time all mm. the all that revenue that came in from advertising and people are going to be like podcasting's great. Look at all the ads we got. And I'll be like, "Yeah, but what's going to happen next year when there's not an election?" So that's going to be be interesting too. And I just go, "That's not really a prediction. That's just math. That's just supply and demand." So, that should be fun to watch. What are you throwing in the chat room here? Oh, that's based on a true story. Oh, that's there you just- go. That's just the, the link for folks for, for Dan's show if they want to go listen to it. Yeah, I think um, it, it does get a, um, it, you know, as we think about 2024 and we think about ads and we think about AI, like you mentioned, I yeah. do think there's some interesting, I mean, we're seeing a, a lot of new videos on YouTube based on, completely based on AI. The images are made on by AI, the voice is an AI voice, the content is being created. Yeah. Then there, then there's, and this is, particularly prevalent in the um like in the science space like people talking about science kind of things right and so they and they all have you know there's a couple scientists right now that are super popular elon musk is uh, among that he shows up in all the the album art that's right. going on but these they're just cranking these out right to get them to get views on youtube and and you, you kind of wonder now podcast is a little bit different because Generally, you don't go to a podcast platform, a directory, and just surf the podcast right. like you do on YouTube, right? But uh, interesting to see, and um, it's probably already happening. I haven't seen it yet, but I am sure there are going to be AI-generated podcasts that are made in some way just to get the ads pushed out, yep. right? It becomes a Walmart solution, you know? Lots of lots of items, very low price, That's <laughs> and <it. laughs> and you know, how much and not, of that can and not you get good quality there? in some cases. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, not great quality uh, in, in a lot of cases right now. I mean, so th that could be, we could see the advent of a lot of AI generated podcasts that come out too in an attempt. I, I don't know if it's been done or if it's been done successfully. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, so which it means we're probably on the cusp of it. This may be the year that really takes off. 2024 may be the year this really takes off. And I've heard people say that they're waiting for the first lawsuit against ChatGPT. Like what happens when it doesn't rewrite yeah. something and they just pull some stuff from your website and you're like, hey, that's mine. Like that, that will be interesting if, if it happens at all. Uh, DR says those. No, I think it will. Somebody with money. Yeah. Somebody with money will with money. go after it. Yeah. yeah. Just, right. DR says those darn AI voices. Yeah, I, I love when you click on a YouTube video and all of a sudden it comes out and it is speaking like this. And you're like, oh, that is an AI voice. Okay. You know, it's exactly. usually it's a news thing. It's like, you know, uh, yeah. today, you know, Kevin Costner divorced his wife. Of, I'm like, ugh. So, and then uh, I haven't read this one either yet. DR says the new Edison stats are out. I missed the week before. We weren't here last week. I had a funeral to go to. Not sure if I covered, I haven't looked, I've just heard that the numbers have gone up and I'm like, shocking. Let me guess two to 3% because that's what they've done uh, all over the place. Yeah. Randy says, see, we're, we're already there. The New York times filed a lawsuit against Microsoft and OpenAI this week for copyright infringement. Well, there you go. Somebody with money. Yep. Everybody. In fact, Rich is like, you guys are behind. Yeah. They're suing them right now. So there you go. Merry Christmas. Here's a lawsuit. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to, I think 2024 is just, you know, 2023 was a a, a weird year, but uh, we'll be interesting to, um, to see what happens. Uh, let's run over and answer a question. This one is, uh, I didn't put their name. It says, hey, I have a podcast and I'm struggling to record a single episode in my home without interruptions or background noise distracting me. I live in a home with seven to 10 people. We're right there. I'm just like, oofa. And all rooms are occupied. It's an old house and the walls are thin. The owners of the house have been doing some major construction outside for the past one to two months. And there's no end in sight. Uh, I need a space uh, to record. Um, I need a space to record that is quiet where I'm able to focus on recording. But I do not have a lot of money to dish out. You know, so this gets kind of tough. Um I'm trying to, the fun part is my, all of my stuff is getting my own way. I can't read here. Uh, yes, but I don't have a lot of money to dish out or renting the studio spaces. My podcast is fairly small. It does not generate income currently either. It's a smaller community. The money I would be willing to dish out is 25 to $50 for a private one-time use of an office room rental or a bi-weekly or monthly basis. Does anyone have any suggestions? And I have one that they probably didn't think about, and that is it's really quiet. The only problem is sometimes it's really cold or really hot, and that is your car. Because cars are made to sound isolate. And I know people that I've done a podcast in my car once, and it really, we had a, a portable recorder, we had two mics, and we went and sat in the car. Same thing, we couldn't find a a quiet place. And so that's a, uh, that would work. Now, if you live in California, all of a sudden I've turned into Schwarzenegger, California. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little hot. And if you live in Ohio or Michigan or, you know, all these other places where it gets cold in the winter, uh, that's, that's a problem. 
So well, airs the cars have air and they have heat. You can you can yeah, they, you true. can record in them running. Yeah, you that's know. true. I mean, it dep- I guess it depends on the car. I mean, it's a little bit of gas that some people would be like, "Well, that's wasting gas." Well, not really. You're paying to heat your home and <laughs> cool your house. You're you're paying for that with electricity. So you know you could do it that way. I've I've done this show from my car yeah. outside of a coffee shop. Right. Um, you could do it that way. Um, uh, somebody in, in chat, I think Tim said, check your local library. Uh, yeah. I've had now both my daughter, uh, Sammy, and then we had a guest uh, uh, two weeks ago uh, come in and talk about maker spaces in the libraries. And, and I think this is an area, this is a really underutilized area for podcasters is to, and, and if, if your library isn't doing something like that, Almost every library has this group called Friends of the Library yeah, yeah. that you could connect with. And usually they're just rich people who want to donate their money for worthy causes back to the library or do things for the library in that. And maybe you could be someone, you know, put a little, uh, what do they call, elbow grease in and help get one started. If your library does not have a, a, a recording area, it doesn't have to even be a studio. You could call it that. It sounds fancy. But you could uh, you could help them get that started. Maybe a space, Sammy's uh, library that she works at. My daughter, they're moving into a new space here in 2024, and and you know that would be a good time. The library's moving. Be a good time to say, hey, could we outfit a, a room? They have four new conference rooms coming that are for individuals just to study in. Chances are they're going to build those out to be kind of quiet. So uh, the library would be a great. Your your also your local community college may be another library esque space where you could ask, hey, do you have recording space here? Is it available to the community? So community college might be a place to try. Yeah, all sorts of places. But have you like how many people are in your house? I guess it depends on how empty your nest is at, at times, but. Yeah, there's just three of us, and they're my wife and daughter are super quiet. So he never, I never have that. There, there was a time when Sarah would sit on Thursday nights while I was recording Home Gadget Geeks, and she would be watching Big Bang Theory or whatever, mm. and laughing. Just she laughs loud, and I'd have to like, hey, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'd put the I'd mic the or mute the mic, and I'd be like, hey, can you hold it down? But generally, pretty, pretty, it's pretty quiet here. I don't really struggle with that too much anymore. I do tell, sometimes I'll say for, if I'm doing it from work, I'll say, hey, I've got a podcast at this time. Um, yeah. You know, can you, can we not be doing things during that time? So yeah, very that good. works too. Uh, Chris from Castahead says, I've recorded at least 50 podcasts in libraries with a Samsung Q2U and a Zoom H6. Yep. Yeah. Done. Because yeah. in uh, theory, you think uh, about, we all kind of joke about it, but you know, what's the one thing you're supposed to be in a library? is quiet right so yeah sometimes some libraries don't have this is i know this sounds weird but some libraries don't have a quiet policy because like sammy's library it's a big one big room they have a kid's space they want the kids to not be noisy but to be able to talk right so they try to provide other other spaces but they're not shushing people at her library if you're in there talking it's okay so that that may not work in every in every place. Yeah. Uh, Zeke had said, hey, Dave, check your pod page contact form. If you had left an audio message, I just checked the Ask the Podcast Coach pod page. I don't see one. So if you have a question, as always, you can, uh, you know, just 
pop it in here in the chat. Or if you want to jump into the video, it's right above me. Ask the podcastcoach.com slash question. And uh, video is uh, is optional. I realize not everybody wants to, uh, you know, jump into a video at 1030 in the morning, depending on, or in Jim's case, what is it? 730 your time there? Oh, no, no. I'm just an hour behind you. It's 945. Okay. So central time. Uh, You're Eastern, right? I am Eastern. Yes. So here's another fun question. He said, trying to find the button. Um, is there a, an app a dummy can use uh, that has an auto adjust enhancement like Adobe Enhance, even if it's just 50% as good? I'm trying to denoise and stuff on Audacity and Isotope, and it's all confusing to me. I have no background at all in audio editing. And the thing I recommend is called Deverberate 3. Uh, I think it's from a company called Accentize. If you go to supportthisshow.com slash deverberate, uh, that's the one I use. And what I love about it is you basically click a button that says learn, and then you play a little bit, and a little orange squiggly line show up. You click stop, and then you hit play, and you can hear what it's done. In almost every case, it goes a little too much. So you can turn down how much it's doing, and you there, one slide is... Uh, one volume knob is for the sound of the audio, and the other one is for the sound of the reverb. So you take the reverb sound, and you turn it all the way down, and you adjust how sensitive it is. It's like 99 bucks. It's not, like, free, but it's, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to to use, and it works really well. I I have Isotope, and when I saw this come in, I was like, do I, like, how, when was the last time I used Isotope? And I was like, that's a good one. And Chris has another one. If you are using Descript, I just had one uh, member of the School of Podcasting had said uh, that she she played this thing where one of she got some feedback, and so she was going to play the feedback in her podcast. And I'm like, hey, just for the record, send that over. I can make that sound a whole lot better. And I just ran it through Descript, and it did a good job of making her sound more solid. And then I used uh, uh, this D Room. Yeah, there's another app called D Room. I have like three DV, D Reverb tools along with the one in Isotope because that's the thing. Editing other people's stuff, I, uh, I've i mentioned before, I do editing for someone that uh, is a brain surgeon. And while they are brilliant at fighting cancer and brain cancer, and all, like they're not great at recording stuff. And so, and I have another guy that uses, it has to be a Blue Yeti on a desk. And he's just the happiest, funnest guy. And he's always excited. And he's, he always starts off, he sounds like, uh, and I, I say this as a compliment, it's like Forrest Gump. He's like, I can't believe we got people in Gakistan and Australia and Germany and South America. And I'm, but he's miles away from his microphone. <laughs> like, oh, please. So, uh, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Gakistan? Is that somewhere I, I in just, a- Asia? I just, I, ever, I just know there's a lot of Gastans over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gak! George. Yeah. George Gastanza. That's right. Those, those, yeah. uh, DR says Adobe Enhanced paid version is really cheap and it gives you a gauge of percentage that you want. The EQ, oh, it's only ninety nine bucks a year. I did not know that. There you go. I I just know every. Alphonic is my favorite. Yeah, Alphonic is great for leveling and removing the hiss. I'm not sure how well it would do on reverb, but uh, they've got some. They've got. I think I'd have to look into it. They got some tool options you can select on the uh, on the on the, the web version that kind of help with some of that stuff. Yeah, that's always good. Um, <laughs> here's a fun question, and that is. Um, there are parts of podcasting I love, uh, and parts I do not, uh, largely I'm putting uh, 20 to 30 hours of work into a podcast 
uh, every week, and I miss having time for other hobbies. Other things in my life are slipping for uh, slipping for it too. But there are elements I really enjoy. How do you parse this out? And when? How do you parse it out when it's nuanced and it's complicated? So he's kind. Of, I think he's kind of asking like, how do you do the work life balance? I guess in a way. And um, I'm not. That's a rough question in a way. Like, how do you answer that question? It's uh, it's a little tough. Yeah. I- yeah. Well, I mean, I think you need to take an inventory of, okay, what are all the th- steps that I have to do? I think sometimes in podcasting, especially when we're trying to figure it out, we just start doing it and, it, you know, we, we oh, oh, now I got to do this. Oh, now I got to do this. I think it might be helpful go to go through just doing inventory. Here's the steps that I need to do. You know, in a pilot before he takes off in a big aircraft or even a little aircraft, they have a book that they put on their lap or in, in the airplane somewhere, and it's got all the steps of everything they need to do. Might be good for you to have that in front of you. And then I think it's basically just taking a strengths-based approach to that and say, what do I like? What do I don't like? <laughs> what am I good at? What am I not so good at? How can I put tools in place to do some things for me? And, 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 uh, and what kind of things do I want to do? And then I just think you start, if there's stuff that you're just not good at, if you're just putting, you know, as for me, like I hate writing. I just hate it. I hate writing. Mm. AI has changed all of that for me because I can draw, I can take uh, a summary of the show, which we have in a, in a, in a, you know, like an outline form. I can drop it into chat GPT and say, make a summary for me. It's really good at that. Then I can go in and edit that summary and make it sound more like me. That is revolution for writing. That has revolutionized what I do in in show notes. So where I used to hate it, now I kind of look forward to it because I've I've got a new tool to be able to do those kinds of things. I don't do any leveling either. I just drop that thing into Auphonic and let it do its job, right? I have a process of doing that where I pull it out and then put it in the Google Drive and let it suck into Auphonic from there. So I think, Dave, there's you can take a very methodical approach to this and just go through and say, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What can I outsource? What can I afford to outsource? Yeah. What, what, you know, what can I automate? And then enroll through that process and, in, in, you know, begin to, the, the, one of the things I've loved about this show for me personally is it keeps me every week involved in a discussion about what's new and what's relevant because of the chat room and because of you. Actually, I pointed the other, should have done it the other way because of you <laughs> and because of the chat room uh, for those of us watching on video. Um, I, I stay current and it's one of the things that I really, I mean, it's a reason for me to be here. And it's one of the things I really like about the show is I hear from you and others, some of these things that are coming out. I've, you know, and, and that way it kind of keeps me up to date on all the things that are happening. I stay up to date. So that's another thing. Like, don't get set in your, don't get too set in your ways. Always be looking for something new. You don't, doesn't mean you have to do it, but right. it may be something that replaces that step. Yeah. And that's it. If, if you really, like you said, you hate writing, if you hate editing, like see if you can find somebody to do that for you. And you may find that, uh, you know, you like it a whole lot more when you don't have to do the stuff you hate. Uh, DR says, speaking of tools, uh, resound for ums and ahs is amazing. It will add other words in 2024. The cuts are so incredibly clean. So there you go. Uh, that's something to look at. Uncle Marv is going to bed. Um, he says, uh, so sleep well. Merry, Merry New Year to you as well. Uh, uh, DR says, podcasting is now my business. Congrats on that. Have fun. 
Um, when you start a new business, you're always putting in extra hours. By the time your biz gets stable, you have this habit of overworking. Yep, and that is hard to break. Yeah, that's um, that's me. I, I Well, the problem is I like what I'm doing. Uh, my sister-in-law never understood that. She said, when I lived with my brother many, many, many moons ago, it's like, man, you are always on that computer. I go, it looks like I'm working. I'm actually having fun. There are times when I'm not having fun. Uh, Jim, right now, I'm, I'm giddy. I'm playing with my new toy. If you notice, I'm not doing this. I'm doing this because... Yeah, oh, my, that's right. You are looking at me. My Elgato prompter showed up. And so yeah. now I'm looking at you, which has actually got a camera behind this piece of mirror thing. And so that's the cool thing. But here's the thing, uh, he said, making a marker, that you might want to think about when you talk about... My next episode is going to talk about not so much how to make a podcast... Because I do that every year. Like, here's a 101. Here's all the things you need to do. My next episode is going to be about how to make a good podcast. So we're going to be talking a little more content. We're also going to be talking about expectations. And so everybody and their brother is like, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. And I'm like, look, I'm not anti-YouTube, but I've been doing a lot of research on YouTube, and it's a lot of work. So, you know, and my whole thing is, uh, you know, when I hear I want to take my audio podcast to the next level by starting a YouTube channel. For me, that's kind of like, I want to take my bike riding to the next level by buying a car. And I'm like, mm, okay, I can see where you're going to do, you know, more mileage maybe, but in end of actual bike riding, like that's not really going to help a whole lot. We'll see. But I bought this Elgato thing, right? It's awesome. The beautiful part of it is where almost every other kind of teleprompter, you take your phone or a tablet and you put it down and it puts a little piece of mirror and then you do, but the problem with that is sometimes you go, yeah, I was, I was going to use my phone to control the app that does. So this has its own thing. So I get it. And I'm like, awesome. It's just everything I've seen on YouTube is plug and play. Just plug it in. And there it is. It is a third monitor, which is kind of cool, but here's the thing. And this is why, um, do you remember Callie Lewis, better known as Loria Petrucci, right? Yeah. This is why I trust her. She had one of those that's like, hey, this looks really, really cool. And you just plug it in. And then she had another one that said, hey, I'm getting messages from people that they're having a hard time getting this thing to work. And that's when I went, ah, this is why I like her because it's everybody else was like, hey, I got this thing for free from Elgato. You know, it's the best thing. And I'm not saying they were lying. It is really cool once you get it to work. And so Loria was the person that said, hey, First of all, make sure you update the hardware, which I had to do. It had a, whatever you call that, where you update the, you know, thing inside the memory in it. And uh, so I did that. And then she's like, firmware. Firmware. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so I updated that. Then I had to update my Elgato camera hub because it works through that software. And then I had to reboot it and it still wouldn't work. It's kind of cool because you, you click a button, you like either use it as a display or put this text on the screen, or you can do both. And then you get to control how how bright the text is over the display, which is kind of cool. And I'm like, I just couldn't get this thing to work. And I'm like, what is left in this you know picture? We always talk about troubleshooting. I'm like, okay, we've done the hardware. We've done the software. What else is in this picture? And I'm like, the cable? I'm like, nah, it couldn't be the cable. Unplug it, plug it back in. Worked like a charm. So uh, <laughs> I, I did find it. So I, I say this because I spent a day and a half kind of, I'm still kind of working with it. Cause there are times when like today I woke up and I'm like, okay, close camera hub, 
turn off this and that. And you have to like turn this on first, then turn this on. And it worked great. But it took a day and a half to kind of figure out how to get this to work because there's no on off switch. And I found on a Mac, you can load this thing called like display link manager or whatever. And I can turn it off because I was like, A, I don't want to burn it out. And B, it just it's it bugs me that I have this monitor staring at me and I'm, you know, it's nine inches, so I'm not going to use a ton. But I say this because when we say I want to do something, I'm going to add this new thing to my workflow that doesn't always go as, as clean as it is. The other thing I thought was funny because my goal is to have videos. I've been watching uh, Alec over at uh, Take One, his, his whole little studio there. And I'm going to be using a stream deck so I can go, you know, hey, this is me and then this is Jim and, you know, that whole nine yards. And I did a video. The last one I just did on YouTube is about how uh, be careful what you say on on your podcast because the Internet writes in ink. And that was a one take thing on the seventh try. (laughs) So it's like, oh, so it's that's the whole thing we call learning curve. But um, I have uh, in, in terms of 2024. I'm I'm taking classes on stuff. I'm trying to ramp up my skills so that I can do more things and be a little more efficient. But uh, sometimes when we we talk about adding those things that we hate, you know, do do you have to do everything? Do you have to do TikTok? I don't know, but it's a fun toy. What, what do you look? What are you looking at right now? What's right on now, your screen? Uh, right now, I see Ask the Podcast Coach with me on the left and you on the right. Okay, so you're looking at us. I'm looking when at you're us. bringing up. When you're bringing up the the yeah, so questions, the, the, the questions are over are, here on the left now because I had all this stuff and I still have. It's kind of weird, and I, I'm sure there's a setting for this, but I have like us because the way L got or the way Ecam works, you have all these windows, right? And one of those windows is the main screen. So I drag the main screen. I was like, wait, hold on, let's drag it over there. I'm like, perfect. But I have, yeah. I still have the the comments are over here on this screen. Um, the notes are over here. So, but there's the other four blocks. So I have, uh, I could turn, I have my scenes here. Um, I have, if I want to play sound effects, I could turn this one off. Or if I just, you know, it is New Year's Eve. So, you know, we got to have our party noise. Um, I could turn that off. But I have these little sprinklings of, and you can resize these and everything like that. But that's why I was having a hard time reading the note because I'm like, I got, got all these weird uh, ecam boxes all over can, my screen you use the stream deck to bring up like could you know have the notes somewhere else but yeah. then when you want to read them could you use the stream deck hit a button it brings the notes up for you on the prompter so that you're not looking away this is always my dilemma yeah when i'm reading the chat room or i'm, I'm looking away right i'm still using a monitor i got my camera kind of kind of centered i don't get too i don't get too worried about this kind of stuff i know some folks do but but uh, um, I, I'm always distracted and well, looking off in well, other directions let's anyways. Tr- let's try one here. If yeah. I do this, there we go. I don't have this blown up as big as I usually do. Well, and it doesn't matter because we're seeing on screen, we're seeing a full screen of the, right. of the text. So you don't need to be looking at the teleprompter for this. Right. Right. So maybe that's, that's true. The, so you're not you, seeing you know, me. So I, yeah. So. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're so, not seeing you. Uh, for those audio, riveting audio. Yeah. For, for folks, <laughs> Dave showed, you know, if yeah. you look at the, it, it takes the note, takes up the whole screen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And that question, by the way, is when is the, per- I love the phrase here, when is the perfect timing to create a Facebook page? And that's another one. You know, talking about things that take up time that you go, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to add a community to my podcast, so I'll have a a group of people that can come over and we can continue the conversation about the episode 
And, you know, that's a great idea when it works. But if you just set it up and go, hey, everybody, we have a community. It's over at mywebsite.com slash community. And that's all you do. Yeah, that's that's probably you got to communities are not like super hard, but they are time consuming. And that's where, uh, you know, and then you have the moderation because all of a sudden somebody wants to talk about, you know, Nazis and Substack. And you're like, wait, what? No, we're here to talk about NASCAR. You know, so that's right. always fun. Uh, Jim, do you have a community yeah. at, at, for... Uh, you know, all oh stuff yeah, you, yeah. Well, that's communities in the title of my of my job. Right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we have three, and they're big, and they are right now. Anytime, I mean, communities are great until something goes wrong, and then you know, in this case, this is people and their money. You know, if you're running a community that's just like a tech community that's just talking about the most recent whatever, or Although that's not really true either. I'm a part of some crypto communities and people just sometimes don't understand the power of the text they're putting in a question or they don't, or in most cases, people don't have the patience in a group for other people who especially haven't been, you know, you, you, you form a group. It maybe it's a couple years old. All the questions have been asked and answered. Everybody's there a newbie comes in and starts asking new questions. And the people who've been around a while get super frustrated. They're like, do some research, look some things up, search the community. And you're like, hey, you know, this person's new. <laughs> like, let's not yeah. run them off our lawns the second they get here. <laughs> and, and and so it's a it, community, man, it's hard. I mean, it's, I, it's, I'm really frustrated right now. I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I am really frustrated with my current community not their fault, not my fault. It's just, it's the end of the year. We're getting a lot of questions. We've done some things that, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I wish we'd have done that better. We didn't. <laughs> we can't. It is what it is. And so you've got to be ready. You know, you have to be ready. I find most community managers don't really understand how to manage their communities. They get frustrated with them. They say, they say nasty things to them. They talk down to them. They, mm. you know, say, Hey, we've answered that a thousand times. Well, not to this person. And listen, maybe physician heal thyself. I've probably done this too. So I, I would say a couple of years ago, I'd have been like, Oh yeah, start a community. Now I'm kind of like, you better be ready. If you're going to start a community and the bigger it gets, the worse, I shouldn't say it that way the bigger it gets, the harder it is to manage. And you'd be like, duh, no, that's an exponential curve. My friends, like if you've got 5,000, that's 10 times harder than 2,500 folks to manage in your, in your groups. Just so just be careful what you wish for on that, because they are difficult to manage. We, we get a break on our, in our community here in the chat, um, that they're so well behaved. They're so they, yeah. they're, it's, it's, most of the time it's appropriate, right? Um, that's not the case in, in, in all, in all community groups. So I would be, I just be cautious of, of if you're going to get, um, it's the least common denominator on that. <laughs> the people you're going to get least, least common denominator. And it's tough. You're going to ask, you're going to have to answer some questions over and over. Dave, the number one comment I get from some of our best group members is I they say to me <laughs> privately, which I wish they would say more things to me privately, by the way, but they say this to me privately, Jim, I can't believe the patience you have for this community. I would be yelling at people by now if it was my job. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's not your job, <laughs> you know, because it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of understanding and a lot of patience and a lot of, in, in you're going to deal with some crap in the process. And you've got to, sometimes you have to manage people out of the group and some of those kind of things. So it's a difficult job. Careful what you wish for. Um, it, it can, it can be a handful. And yes, Randy Black, you guys are really well behaved for, don't, don't let that be an indication of go off the rails on us. But no, you guys in our chat are very well behaved uh, c compared to some others that I've done. Yeah. And we're lucky for that. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Gary apparently has the, the tell, the, I always say teleprompter. It's Elgato prompter because apparently tele was just too hard to say. And he said, my issue uh, with the present setup is the teleprompter programs is separate from Ecamm. So I have to toggle the button on to Stream Deck to get the focus back to the teleprompter. Yeah. He says, um, you know, Dave, did you know you can adjust the opacity? Opacity? How do you pronounce that, Jim? No? Because uh, I want to say audacity because I'm a podcaster, but that's not it. Uh, well, it's, it's, the, it's opaque. It's opaque, the trans yeah. It's really transparency. Transparency, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. And uh, Gary's doing the same thing I am. He says, I have a hot button on the Stream Deck to bring up the script. Yeah, that's. That's what I'm I'm kind of working on because D uh, DR asked me she says what classes are you taking I have a couple one is on Ecam and the other one is on it's from the same guy I think his name is Alec Johnson I'll have a link to that in the show notes um, he does it's Take One Studio Take One Academy something like that uh, and it's not cheap but on the other hand he does a great job of like. Uh, I was just looking at another piece of software and I said, do you guys have like a soup to nuts thing? And they, everybody points you at their YouTube channel. I don't want to learn your software in three minutes at a time. I want somebody to like walk me through it and either that or just make a YouTube uh, playlist. I would, that would be awesome. And it's always like, oh, here it is. And then you can see where they've hit the same subject six times. You're like, yeah, like Descript is famous for going like, look, when you edit the text, it edits the audio. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've seen that video 15 times. Like, and so, uh, yeah, it's uh, so uh, Alec does a good job of just walking you through. And he's also got stuff uh, in his academy about YouTube and a bunch of other things. So I'm looking at YouTube right now a lot. And, and what I found out is that's, it's like SEO. Uh, DR brings that up. She's studying SEO. SEO and YouTube are, in a way, moving targets. So, And Facebook, for that matter, Facebook ads. Every time I learn about Facebook ads, by the time I'm ready to actually make a Facebook ad, whatever tutorial I was using is now outdated, and the interface doesn't look the same. And so that's always kind of kind of tricky. But yeah, so I'm I'm... I just wanted to get up to speed faster on Ecamm and Stream Deck because I see I see the potential there, especially with Stream Deck. And so right now, I've just I'm about eighty percent done with my Ecamm stuff, and so uh, we're getting there. Dan uh, over at Based on a True Story podcast, I use an old school teleprompter and just set Word to two hundred percent zoom to be able to see it on the smaller monitor. Yep, that that'll work too. So it's uh, but I what camera. What camera did you put behind that? I have. Now, I have a Sony. It's around here somewhere. I bought a ZV-10 to go with my ZV-1, which I already had. But, you know, I need to change the lens. No, you don't. But, you know, it was on eBay and it was cheap. Uh, so right now, because I like the way it looks, uh, well, actually, let's take that back. Because it looks good enough, I have behind the glass my Elgato Facecam Pro. 
And I'm like, you know, and the glass does make it a little, it deteriorates the image a little bit. Uh, but I'm like, eh, good enough. You know, so I'm doing that. I also, uh, Black Friday, bought some stuff for uh, authors. So it's a goal of mine somewhere in 2024 after I record the audiobook version of my book that I already have, I want to start writing a new book. Um, you know, that's one of those things where you sit back and you go, I want to do this, I want to do that, and then I'm going to do this. And then, and so the one thing I've been much better at in December is playing parent to myself. Do you ever play parent to yourself, Jim? Where, what, what do you mean? Well, uh, you know, in the words, the immortal words of Pink Floyd, uh, how can you, how is it, how can you eat your meat if you haven't eaten your pudding or something like that? So I'm, I'm telling myself, you can't do this other new bright, shiny thing that you just saw until you finish your class on Ecamm Live. And so I've just been, you know, not that it's hard to do that, but I get distracted. I'm like, ooh, so I end up moving 27 peanuts a quarter of an inch versus moving one peanut a mile. And so I'm, I'm much better at that. I mean, I have courses. I bought a course on YouTube. I've had a course for probably a year now on storytelling from Matthew Dix. And I'm like, you keep buying things and then not using it. And I'm just like, so I have found myself, uh, especially on my lunch now, I used to eat lunch and just, you know, browse YouTube and sit there and go, I hate where they put the shorts. Where's my subscriptions? I kind of hate the interface right now of YouTube. And so I spend 20 minutes trying to find nothing. And so I would just like, hmm. So I was just like, you know, you could, you could be more productive here. So it's just like, Hey, go back to your office and fire up some videos and watch that stuff. And, and consequently, and then it wasn't, I couldn't watch the class cause I wanted to take the class until I finished my Hindenburg videos. So then the Hindenburg videos got done. Oh, and you need to add pod roll to your Buzzsprout class and this and that. So, um, so it's, you know, just one of those things where I'm, I'm, you know, you can't, you can't play video games until you eat your vegetables is, is now, well, you can't play with your new course thing that you're watching until you finish your, you know, school of podcasting homework. Uh, Z-Man wants to know, can you run Ecamm on an external hard drive? That's a good question. It's on a Mac. I, 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 Jim, any ideas? Can you run? I guess depends right? on the external hard drive. I would imagine. Yeah, it just depends on how the needs of it writing to that drive. Um, your mileage might vary depending on your on the the processor you're using, either PC or Mac, and the the external hard drive you're using. How fast that is. So it may it may depend. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. SB has the 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 best uh, podcast. You can't play video games until you drink your AG one because oh my god, they're, they're on AG1. like they're on like every uh, podcast. It's like and now real, they are. I did uh, see, on YouTube too. Yeah, I just saw them on. Um, I was watching Friends last night. Speaking of time wasted, um, and what channel is Nickelodeon? And they had a commercial for <laughs> Athletic Greens, and I'm like, I can't escape them. Um, are, are we doing a commercial right now? For we are <laughs> doing what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Chris has a question. Is it Descript or Descript? And according to James Cridlin, it's Descript. So I don't know who he asked, but he was talking to somebody from Descript. But I, I kind of flip back and forth. That's kind of a potato potato kind of thing. I'll, I'll say them both. You know. So uh, here we go. Dr. has a question about YouTube. Should I release the episode on YouTube at the same time? as the audio 
or a little after, or does it even matter? I'm going with C. That that sounds like a little, I smell somebody overthinking things just a little bit there. Um, well, I mean, it's a good question, yeah. but I, I don't think, it, I don't think it matters. I, I think, and it depends on your audience. Like what, what are, what's their expectation? Yeah. See, the question we need to be asking is why, not what or when, but why that always, we, we need to say, why are we doing what we're doing? What's the value and the benefit to it, to our current audience? You know, if you've got a YouTube channel and you have five people who are subscribed to it, you can do anything you want. It doesn't right. matter. Yeah, well, no, it's to those five people it's important to. So you might want to, you know, uh, it may make a difference there. But, you know, what are you trying to do with it? What are you trying to, you know, the value of subscribers on YouTube is they get a notification. It's not a very good notification, but they do get a notification right. that there's something new. Right. And so it, it also uh, affects what they see on the page that they have. So that's why everybody's goal is to subscribe. Right. I mean, and the like thing is fine. Like and, and smash the bell. You have to smash yeah. the bell. Not just click it. You yeah. have to smash it. I don't know why. You destroy it. It's kind right? of violent, but, you know, bell. smash the bell. But, so I would say that the question is, why are you why are you putting them on YouTube? And what are you hoping to get out of it? And that will dictate the answer. Should I do it at the same time? I, I publish uh, Home Gadget Geeks comes out nearly at the same time. For a while, I was doing a uh, a premiere, which is kind of cool. So you'd say, hey, I'll release this at 1 p.m. on Saturday. That was something, you know, right? Uh, I would, my workflow is I would be here till 11. We'd chat a little bit. I'd work on the, I'd work on getting the show released. I'd have it ready by noon. Then at one o'clock we do a premiere, which meant I had to stay here at the desk at one o'clock central. And and I would let the audience know, hey, it's premiering at one. Come out and join us. And if you missed the chat room for the live show, you can join the chat room for the premiere of this. And a premiere on YouTube just means it plays for everybody at, at the same time. If they come late, they're gonna join right in the middle of your video type deal. And I did that, I don't know, I did that for a couple months and it was kind of fun. Some folks showed up, and then at the end of the Day, I was kind of like, I, I don't want to give up another 90 minutes of my Saturday to do this kind of thing. I could have done it at a different time. I could have tried different times of the week to release it. May have been smart at that point to let the podcast go out on Saturday and maybe release that on a Monday. The, again, the question's why. What are you trying to do with it? Not, not is there a magic time for this? Yeah. Although maybe that's the why question too. But I know what, what are you trying to get out of it? I know Elsie. Uh, Libsyn releases like their podcast on whatever day it is. Let's say it's a Thursday. And for whatever reason, she will wait till the following week to send out an email to say, Hey, here's the episode. Click here to, you know, check it out or whatever. So, you know, it's, and I always thought that'd be interesting to see like on that day that the email goes out, does your, does that episode get a bump where if you're kind of promoting it on the same day, it might, it's just another way to do that. So this is one of those where try it both ways or three ways or five ways or whatever and and go, oh, wait a minute. When we did this, this happened and then do it again and see if you get the same result. But uh, it uh, could be interesting. Um, in in early December, I started using Twitter or X or Twix or whatever I, we're going to call it. I, I figured this and, out. We're all calling it Twitter because that's if you when X, when you go to X.com and it doesn't go to Twitter, we will call it X. But for me right now, okay. it's Twitter. I'm like, I'm tired of saying the formerly known ad. I'm like, nope, it's just Twitter. We'll let Elon call it X. 
<laughs> so I started posting once a day to the, the show links and I actually used AI to give me what I'd say the prompt was, um, give me a funny tweet based on this URL colon. And then I'd put the URL in and it would read the title and some other things. Give me a funny tweet. Hmm. Then I would just take those tweets and, and, or take that text and put it in, make a tweet out of sometimes it was too long. It was, that's a little annoying about AI. Like AI should, I told you this was for Twitter. You should be able to make right. it the length that it's appropriate for. Right. It adds all kinds of funny things to it. Anyways. So I dropped that in Twitter. You know what happened? I got a little bump in my numbers, Dave. Now, the question for me is, was it worth, that probably took me 15 minutes a day, 15, 20 minutes of my day each day to fashion that tweet, put it out, and and and. but I did get a bump. And so, you know, was it worth it? I don't know. I'm not doing it now. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, I was doing this while I was after surgery. I had a bunch of time on my hands. So I was using that time. Yeah. I mean, even people say Twitter's dead. I'm not saying it's alive, but it did give me, like, if I look at my analytics, the time I was doing that, those numbers are slightly up over the time I'm, I haven't been doing it. So that may be also one of those things as we think about like YouTube and some of the other stuff. How, how do you know it's being successful? Like, so maybe if you're going to do something like that, set some goals. Like, okay, my goal is to get 50 subscribers or my goal is to see a bump in the description. I'm going to put the link to my website so I can track link backs, right? Uh, you know, maybe I want to increase my traffic by 30% to my website, whatever. I think that's a smart way of looking at some of these to say, is it worth it? Is it worth my time to do, to do that? And you, listen, you got to do it for more than a day. Right. You need to do it for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, just to kind of see how things settle in. So, and I always, Dave, this is a question I ask myself all the time. I'm like, do I want to go back? Like, hey, that was successful. If I would just spend some time doing it, I could continue to grow things. Is that what I want to do? Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to do it enough because over the last two weeks I've done nothing. Now it's been Christmas. So, but I've I've done zero in that in that area. So ask yourself that question. Yeah. I need to click on a button for anyone watching here. And this will be, yeah, that's what I thought. All right. I, we need this later, but I don't want it now. And I know I got to, why, why not now? Well, you know what? Let's do that while we're here. Yeah. And then we'll do the wheel of, uh, of Ooh, names. My favorite part. My favorite part. <laughs> so, yeah. So thank you to our awesome supporters. Uh, oh, we forgot to do, uh, you know what? I'm going to do it next week. We had someone, it's not a new supporter, but they upped their, their game. And I said I would give them a big shout-out at the beginning of the show, so I have a note over here to to give them a big shout-out. But uh, this show is brought to you by the theschoolofpodcasting.com. And uh, not only do you get the step-by-step courses, you get unlimited coaching and a really awesome community. And uh, if you go over to ask the, or if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash coach, that'll have a little discount for you. Uh, we run on PodPage. If you want to check out PodPage, go to tripodpage.com. And we're also, we talked about it earlier, we're using Ecamm for our live streaming. Check it out at supportthisshow.com slash Ecamm. And as I say that out loud, I should make that, I should rebrand that. Ask the podcastcoach.com slash Ecamm just for giggles. Uh, if you need more Jim Collison and who doesn't, check him out over at homegadgetgeeks.com uh, or theaverageguy.tv. It's two scrumptious ways to get the same delicious meal of uh, Jim Collison. Wow, that's a weird one. Um, yeah, so let's go. You're, you're creeping me out. I am creeping, creeping you out. Let's see what comes up when I say show the screen. 
I don't see anything. Oh, you know why? Because I have this at the top of the thingamabob. If I bring this down here and turn this off, I knew this was going to, yeah. Okay, so let me now bring up our, the Wheel of Names. Uh, so, yeah, so this is what we're looking at. If you're listening to this, I have a wheel. It's got all the names of the $20 supporters. And I will, just to be careful, I will click on shuffle. And now we will spin the wheel to see who is this week's spotlight uh, supporter. And that is going to be Ross. Okay. Ross Brand over at, uh, there he is. Ross Brand on podcasting. We'll put a link to his website, which is, I want to say, Livestream Universe, right? That's Ross. I should have these written down somewhere. Yes, yeah. that's correct. I knew that. Um, so thank you to Ross. And um, now if I go back here, I can finish. Mm -mm -mm. Yes, this. And um, I think we're done. Yeah, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash support, and uh, you'll feel better when you do it. It makes you feel good when you support the show because we had somebody up their game. Um, it is, um, it's actually, uh, I'll, I'll talk about him now. We'll talk about it next week as well. Uh, dancing, the dancing is forbidden. Uh, he came on as a supporter a while back and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I want to bring this up because, um, you know who else loves Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration? The one and only Bandrew Scott over at uh, Podcastage. So, uh, Danny, you should go check him out at uh, Podcastage and go, I have a show about a show you love. And um, then you can, you know, network in that whole fun-filled stuff. Uh, here's a fun question. I don't know that we answered this one. It seems it's, it is always kind of fun trying to find a, a unique one. And this one says, hey, I want to start a daily five-minute podcast in addition to my weekly one and was wondering if that's actually a thing. Uh, yes, it is. It can be whatever you want. And if anyone else does something similar, it's, similar, it's a similar topic. So should I combine them or make them a completely separate one, leaning towards making it separate? Thanks for your comments. So apparently his, his one show is kind of longer. He wants to start a daily show. So the first thing I would say is pretend you're doing the show and record your daily show without actually doing all the other stuff. Just just go through the 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 joy that is making a daily show. And after you do it a week, now ask yourself, can I do that every week for the next however long you're going to do it? Because every time I hear somebody go, I'm going to do a daily show, there's a voice in my head that goes, no, you're not. Because it's going to go daily, then it's going to go three times a day, then it's going to go two times. A, it's Yeah, it, daily is a grind, so I would do that. But uh, Jim, are any of your shows daily? No, God, yeah. no. That would be awful. Because, you, listen, you, there is some economies in scale right, to do this on a daily basis. But it takes a five-minute show sometimes can take just as long of a time, depending on your promotion cycle, how much you've automated it can take just as long as a 60 minute show for all everything else except the editing. Right. And so depending on how long it takes you to post it and the things you do and the show notes you write and all those other things that you do that may, you know, it may, that now all of a sudden you're adding uh, so let's just say it's half the time. Well, that's adding two and a half times the work each week than to your normal podcast. So 
I, I like your idea. I would actually start twice weekly. I'd do Tuesdays and Thursdays and see how that goes. And I would do it separately, the, not on the same channel. Listen, the temptation is to throw it into your <laughs> throw it into your feed so people pick up on it. Maybe you do, you know, maybe uh, in a, over the course of a month you throw it in the other feed twice to 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 promote it. Hey, and then becoming. Be very, very clear when you're coming in. Hey, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. We have a new podcast I just want to expose you to. Um, have a listen. Thanks for listening. We'll be back, you know, with the regular podcast next week, or we'll be back, you know, it'll appear in the feed on this day. Whatever you need to do for your audience, give them a chance to do that. But once well, I, I watched some podcasters do this where they had long form and then a short form, they brought the short form into their long form feed. And then they took it out. I was in there for a couple of years and then they took it out. I'm like, hey, hey, where'd it go? I liked both of them together. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want to subscribe to an and actually they tried to make the short form YouTube only. Oh. They got so much negative pushback <laughs> on that. They're like, get that thing back in the feed now. Do you can still do it on YouTube, but get that feed, get that back in the feed. We expected it at the listeners, we expected it that way. So I would, from the very beginning, create a separate feed for it. That's just me. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I always give the audience the choice when, you know, because some people like it long, some people like it short, some people like it hot, some people, whatever. It's just I, I would do that separately. And I would also, again, really think about a daily show. Um, Z-Man has a, a fun question here. He says, uh, other than actually starting your podcast and having a host, so Lipson, Captivate, Blueberry, whoever, what do you only have to do once? And that is submit your show to Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, um, yep, Ghana, GeoSavin, Boomplay, Sleepy, Dopey, Doc, um, whatever <laughs> the other, <laughs> Happy, um, Dopey. Dopey was always kind of like, hmm, you know. I was like, what's up with Dopey? Like, uh, surprised. It, it wasn't very nice. That would get canceled today. That would, oh, the whole thing. It would be, uh, Snow. First of all, why is it Snow White? Like, and her privilege, you know? And uh, yeah, she got a Coke problem. And then, and the seven little people, uh, if it would, ha that would be fun to go back and dis. It, it's, here's, uh, to, to kind of keep this to podcasting. Yeah. I watched, um, Moonlighting. Which was really interesting because I remember loving that show. This is this is uh, Bruce Willis, Bruce and, Willis, and uh, Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd, right? And um, that show does not hold up well because it turns out those two people hated each other, and there were many episodes where they were barely in it, and they brought in these other kind of side characters. Um, but the thing was, that show was in the eighties, like I think late eighties, and um, wow, there were things that we did in the late eighties that we do not do anymore. My favorite was I kept going, why don't they just call somebody? Oh, that's right. Cell phones weren't invented. And so now I'm watching, um, Boston legal. And that's another one. I'm not sure when that was out. It's William Shatner playing a lawyer that might have Alzheimer's, which is kind of interesting, but it has, uh, the guy that plays red in the, uh, blacklist exposed. Mm -hmm. Somebody will help me with that. I forget his name. I want to say James Vanderbeek, but that's not it. But anyway, um, it's really funny because he's playing the same the same role. He's a nasty, smart alecky kind of guy. But again, there's things in that in that particular thing that I go. I think that was probably '90s, maybe even 2000s. And you know, so you were talking earlier about the moving target. 
I'm sure if you go back and listen to, well, I always tell people, if you're making equipment decisions, do not listen to the old catalog. Just email me. I can help you with that. But, uh, you know, if you go back to episode like 123 of the School of Podcasting, I'm like, buy this Behringer mixer. And, you know, I'm like, no, I do not, do not recommend the Behringer mixer anymore. So, but that's the one thing you have to do once. And then from there, it's make episodes, promote the episodes, gather information for your next episode, and repeat. And that's where when we talk about adding another daily show, you have to leave time to promote that show and your first show. So when you go, yes, I can record and publish, I, I can fit that into my schedule. You're like, okay, you just cut out all the time to go around and promote it or however you're doing that. So that's the other thing you have to to keep in mind with that, that uh, you got to leave time to tell people about it. So that's a, a great question. But those are the things, you know, your artwork, typically, if you have Mark do it, is probably done perfectly. So you do that once. Um, realize you can always tweak this Maybe. stuff. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You yeah. can always Maybe. tweak it. I've changed the artwork on this. But in theory, once you submit it to Apple, Google, Spotify, all that, that stuff's done. Now, that's not the last time you're going to go into Apple. The thing I'm looking at much more than I used to is my completion percentage. I go into Apple. Apple's the one I use the most because I have some people on Spotify and I have, I'm not sure why, but almost nobody on Amazon. I'm just not getting any play on Audible and Amazon. So when I go over there, there's very few stats, but I'm looking at how far did people listen. And the thing I love about Apple is like on the School of Podcasting, I have my little mid-roll ad and on here, I could probably go in and see when we think our awesome supporters there's going to be a dip. There are people that are fast forwarding through that. And so what's great about the Apple, when you go into podcasts with us, podcastconnect.apple.com, you can go into the episode. And when you see a dip, you click on this little purple bar and then click play on the left-hand side and you can listen to the podcast. And I know Daniel and I on the future of podcasting, there was this dip, uh, uh, almost like a little waterfall. And I'm like, what the heck? And we were talking about freedom of speech and I was talking about uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. And I said the word Donald Trump, just mentioning how, you know, this guy gets blocked here and this and that, you know, not so much pro or con, just like, this is what's happening to these guys. And right. it just instantly, just saying any, any politician's name, like people just bailed instantly. And I was like, well, well that's well to know. So good, good intel though, right? I mean, that that gives you some indication like, hey, my audience is not diehard yeah. political. And in fact, th those kinds of things, you may get the same effect with the Joe Biden, where now that we said them both, our, our stats are going to plummet. We're not going to talk about them. Don't leave. Right. Um, but that that's some good intel of being like, oh, yeah, yeah, my audience is not super political in this case. I should probably avoid those. Does it mean you have to avoid them? No. I mean, if you want to talk about them, you can. But that may be some intel of like, hey, on this show, probably not the most, right, probably not the most advantageous to bring those things up. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at the chat room, we've got some really cool stuff. First of all, uh, Coach Dave has the best question we've had all morning, and that is, of course, how can you eat your pudding if you don't eat your meat, uh, which is going back to my Pink Floyd reference. <laughs> so, uh, And if you were thinking that we were doing an Athletic Greens commercial, Jason Bryan has said, I got the worst stomach pain from AG1, and I will never drink it again. So there you go. Um, uh, Coach Dave said they've been using ReSound. It was an AppSumo deal. 
It's an overlay on Alphonic. It strips filler words, empty spaces, and levels to minus 16 luffs. Uh, and um, so uh, can output mono 64. It can, can output, wait a minute, can output mono 64 yet. I think he meant can't output mono yeah. 64, yeah. But more is on the roadmap. So that is ReSound. I'll have to, I think I have an account with that. And when they first came out, I was like, meh. Uh, so that, and then um, Rich has a fun question. Any thoughts on YouTube ingesting RSS feeds? Yeah, it's if you're on Libsyn, you're already doing it. Ignore all the stuff about that. And so what I need to do is take like my Buzzsprout show uh, or one of my other shows and do it. Um, Chris over at castahead.net is a member of the School of Podcasting, and he actually put a video at the School of Podcasting of him doing it. And... I've looked into it. The thing that's weird is a, while I can say go to school use the coupon code coach. That's perfectly fine. But if I played a dynamically inserted ad for athletic greens, they would block. Like I, they could remove my show for that. You can't have dynamically inserted ads. And so there, I forget there's wording there. We're like one's an ad and one's a sponsor. I forget which one is which, but you can, you can pimp your own stuff unless it's dynamically inserted, it's, it's, it's weird. So if you make a mistake, Oh, speaking of that, well, hold on. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that. But if you make a mistake and you want to replace it, this is where YouTube acts just like YouTube. Cause if you make a mistake in a video, then you're kind of stuck. You can't, as much as you love your, your stats from that video, you can't say, Hey, swap out the video. I, I accidentally have 20 seconds of nothing in the middle of it. Uh, you, you can't do that on YouTube. You simply, you know, take that episode down. You could probably make it private if you wanted to. So if you want to go back and look at the stats and then you upload the new video as a new, you know, video. Well, it's the same thing with podcast. If you have a, an oopsie in your podcast, you have to go into YouTube, take that one down and then put up the new version of it, which is kind of a bummer, but it's not, not the end of the world. So uh, Jim and I were talking briefly this morning about, uh, you know, end of the year stuff. Did we have anything? And we're like, eh, maybe we should hit the deal about what happens if you die uh, and uh, what happens to your podcast. And if you're looking for a free place to host your podcast that probably isn't going to go away, because, you know, my take on free business uh, or free podcast hosting, maybe you ingest your, your RSS feed into YouTube and let it live on YouTube forever. So have you- I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that yeah. never going away thing. Yeah, that's true. I Good at, point. I think at some point YouTube is, because it's Google, right? <laughs> so I think at some point YouTube is going to be like, God, we got all these videos. And many of them are old and can't be monetized anymore. This is what's really going to drive it is the yeah. monetization aspect of it. And I could see a day when YouTube says, Hey, if this video is not at this level of monetization, it's going to get deleted. And I, listen, I, I, I would love to believe all those videos will stay out there forever, but that's not the way the world works. Right. <laughs> that's not the way Google works. So I think, I, I think there could be a day. Is it today? No, obviously not. Is it in 2024? Probably not. But I think at some point they, they can't realistically keep ingesting what they are. Right. And, and keep it around. I, I would, you know, I would say archive.org may be a better place yeah. to put your videos. 
better is relative. It listen, they could they're begging for money. If you go out there right now, this we're recording this on December thirtieth. If you go out there right now, it's a PBS uh, you know ask fest for money. Like they're they're out there like oh yeah you know support us give us money if you give us ten dollars it'll magically turn into a hundred whatever right you know how that works so um you know it could could it could a day happen when archive.org is not able to keep their servers running yeah I mean all good things come to an end right. at some point so I don't think I we've talked about this generationally like really. The second generation after you, so my grandkids, for the most part, when they're my age now, will have no idea who I am or who I was. And because they just, it, you get you get far, 30, 40, 50 years away from this. Right. I think digitally, this is going to happen too, where we get out. And yeah, some people are like, oh, I found this video from, you know, whatever. There's going to be very few of those happening. <laughs> you know, I, I just think it, we, we, you get a, you know, you get 50 to 75 years out and people are kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's going to stay around. I heard somebody say, you know, yes, we are taking more pictures than we've ever taken, right. but their ability to survive longer than a couple years, you know, let's just say 10 years, because what do you do, Dave, you get a new phone. Oh, all those things got deleted. Yeah. yeah. You had good intention of getting them backed up somewhere. Or, oh, I thought they were getting backed up to something and actually wasn't backing it up. And it's okay. It's on Facebook. Yeah, but how long is that going to last for you, know, for you? So I think digitally, we're, we may be losing, while we're capturing more of these moments in real time, we may actually be losing more memories than we're gaining. When my mom passed away, she had all these books of pictures that... Mm. She, we'd never seen before. Somehow, for some reason, she was hiding them from us, right? And we went through them, you know. But the, they, they were at least there. They were physically there. Now, what did we do? We ended up throwing a lot of them away. Well, yeah, right. Uh, I, you know, we did. We were that. We're that generation that tossed them. So I don't know. I don't. This digital legacy thing. I think it's a little more of a house of cards than we think. And I, I don't think fifty years from now anything that we're making today is going to be available. I just don't, there'll be a few things, a few important things. I just kind of feel like I think most of that stuff's going to be gone. I know what you're saying. No, Jim, we back stuff up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, <laughs> most people don't. And I just don't see us having these, a lot of these things surviving because there's going to be, there's no money in them. Listen, if there's no money in it, it's not going to survive, right? Especially like in a in a spot like archive.org or YouTube. It's just not gonna make it. They're not your grandmother who's gonna keep them in a shoebox somewhere hidden away for a while. They're gonna delete this stuff for sure. Well, here's something uh we talk about legacy. Um Jim, I'm going to send you a message here. I'll click this from my grandpa. Hopefully Hey Jim, this is Dave's grandpa. He called me Pop Pop. I delivered ice back in the day. My name is Frank. I cloned my grandpa. Oh, really? Do you, you had some audio of his I voice? had some audio of him reading the Christmas story. Oh. And I, somebody said, my cousin said, hey, can you, um, where's that, that audio? And I listened to it, and it's from a cassette. So it's like, hey, like, I'm wait, hold on. So I run it through studio sound, or run it through a bunch of, I'm like, wow, this sounds really good. And then the voice in my head said, Oh crap! You can clone Grandpa now, 
And so I tried it, and I, that's pretty close. And I, I reached out to my brother. I go, hey, you want kicked in the nuts? And he's like, what? And I go, I, I, I go, because uh, I, I made one to me, and it was like, hey, Dave, you know, like anything I wanted my grandpa to say, I made him say. And so I reached out to my brother. And I go, yeah, I cloned grandpa. And he goes, oh, yeah, now I have to hear this. And so I made this thing. It's like, hey, Doug, so proud of what you're doing with you and your girls, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like, and I said, I'm, I was, are you sure this is going to make you cry? He's like, ah, I'm ready. Send it over. He's like, man, he goes, we're talking serious waterworks because it's pretty close to what my grandpa sounded like. So I was like, so, you know, maybe grandpa will start a podcast in 2024. <laughs> well, but you'll listen. So you did that now and it's awesome. Right? Yeah. But you're going to, so you're going to make some video files of it and then eventually those will go away. Yeah. And so, oh, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this is, it's, it's a, I think it's, I don't want to say it's a law but I think there's some attrition in these things. Just over the longer periods of time, you go, you pass, you and I will both pass. And then w- the things that were important to us, I think Gary said, you know, he just set up a synology. Listen, backup is only good for so long. And then we start thinking about that. I've got all this podcast stuff from 15 years ago that I did. And I start having some questions like, do I really want that stuff? Do I, do I think some of that stuff is just junk. Maybe I should just delete it because I'm paying to have it backed up right now. I'm not paying a lot, but I am paying. Okay. When I pass, certainly Sarah is not going to care about <laughs> like home gadget geek stuff. Right. And she may think at some point, oh, I'd like to keep his voice and maybe clone it or whatever. But eventually she goes. And then the kids are like, Maybe one of the kids gets involved in this and holds on to some things, but eventually they go, then it's gone. The kids beyond that, that third generation, they don't care. They're kind of like, nah, I don't have time for that. I'm busy doing other things. So it's just over time. It just degrades some, like I said, some of it will make it through. We have old pictures of things, but, but, um, many of it will be gone. Hey, look, TV is a good example of this TV from the sixties and seventies. It's getting harder and harder to find oh, man. unless they've converted it because that film is gone. Like it's physically de- deteriorated yeah. to nothing. We have whole swaths of the NFL. We have the NFL, the NFL, right. the, the most money-making company in the, in the world right now. I mean, them and FIFA. And um, we have games from the 70s gone you know why because they recorded over him yeah oh uh what you call it johnny carson um some you know bean counter and i say that with love was like look we got all this film here that's you know just videotape over it like we'd have to keep buying videotape and like so they're like a decade of johnny carson was like and there the, there are a few that johnny said hey that was really funny somebody make me a copy of that i want to watch it at home but the rest is, it's all gone. So yeah, they got to get remastered. They got to take that. If that film was stored properly, it still might be able to be remastered, right? They just basically take it and, and, and recopy it and make it digital. But a lot of that stuff is gone. You know, there's, there's championship games from like the seventies uh, for the NFL. And they were like, ah, yeah, well, nobody will ever want this. We're just going to record over them. Yeah. <laughs> like record over them. Yeah. We'd love to have them now. Now, this this idea of like being able to go back and say, oh, I wish I could watch that. That's a thought you have for about seven seconds. And if it is there, you might watch a few minutes of it and then you don't care anymore. I have, you know, you're like, oh, wow, well, that wasn't as great as I thought it was. Type, I, type deal. I have boxes and boxes and boxes of uh, 
you know, back in the days of camcorders on your shoulder on VCR tapes. And I'm always like, I should probably transfer those. And I'm like, do you know how many hours that, and you know how many, you know, terabytes of space that is? And I was like, ah, yeah, but you know, like, mm, it's just, it's what it's always, that's on my list of things. Like when I retire, I will convert all, because I have eight millimeter stuff of me when I was a kid, you know, and I'm like, that's not gonna last much longer. So it's, well, and we, these are all great thoughts, and it's important to us. And if you want to digitalize or yeah. save your podcast stuff, I, I still have I'm, I've got all that stuff saved. Yep. Just and you're gone, so it's not like it's going to matter. But just don't have any expectations that stuff is going to be around a hundred years from now. It most likely will not. It's not going to be and in the Jim a, Cullison Library, you know. <laughs> I doubt. I doubt it. Listen, presidential libraries rarely have everything, right? Right, that type deal. So. It's just, it, it certainly, you know, it, cherish it while you have it and it's yours. Cherish it. Do things with it. Buy yeah. TVs where you can display it and all those things. That's that's awesome. Go go do that. Be different. But for a lot of folks, it's not going to last very long. I mean, even in the digital age, that stuff is just not going to last very long. Things will, things will be different. People will stop caring for the most part. Some of it will survive. I mean, we have... There's old uh, uh, videos that we have of like uh, uh, a streetcar going down Market Street in San Francisco right after the 1906 earthquake yeah. or right before the 1906 earthquake. Okay. Yeah. But we have very little stuff from the, <laughs> that is left from those pictures from those times. Very little. We have very little of that. A lot of that stuff is gone. It just got thrown away. You know, 30 years seems to be between 30 and 50 years. We seem to just want to jettison it so anyways do what you feels appropriate but but most of it will be <laughs> sorry <laughs> um the chat room's on fire here just uh going back to the daily thing randy says i tried daily i made it 14 days till i got burned out um craig over at livewell and flourish.com uh, he says my advice dave's uh kept him from making the mistake of doing a daily show saved me so much whoa yeah um coach dave has a question i'm looking at Libsyn versus Blueberry, who on t- who's on top these days? Well, Libsyn probably has more people, but if you're trying to do the podcasting 2.0 thing, I need to clear this up. Uh, John, the head of Libsyn, right, president, on Sam Sethi's show said, in 2024, Libsyn will be looking at, he didn't say implementing, we will be looking at the podcasting 2.0 stuff. Now, we might implement some stuff. We implemented the lock tag. Woohoo! Uh, but uh, Blueberry right now, Blueberry and Captivate and Buzzsprout, probably in that order. Blueberry, I think, has almost all of them, then Captivate and then Buzzsprout. Uh, and then you get into weird, well, not weird, that's not right. Um, Podhome.fm. There's some some guy, Barry, in his basement that made a hosting company. Uh, I reached out to him because his business model, just like you could start your own podcast hosting company and use Barry. And I'm like, dude, somebody's going to bury your, your, cause it's unlimited podcasts, unlimited episodes, unlimited length, unlimited downloads for 20 bucks. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's not a good business model. Somebody's going to bury you. Cause I've seen there was a free podcast host and one show got really, really popular and it took the whole thing down. So, but in terms of podcasting 2.0, um, Libsyn versus blueberry, definitely blueberry. If you're a geek, like I'm using podcasting 2.0 stuff, but I have to hand code it in the Libsyn 4 interface. And if you break it, if I have a wrong type or something like that, Libsyn is not going to support that 
because the support team besides me doesn't know the podcasting 2.0 stuff in terms of the actual coding of it. So, um, but um, I'm now, so I say this because I said in uh, the future of podcasting show that I do with Daniel J. Lewis, I said, Hey, you know how John said Libsyn's going to be looking at the podcasting 2.0 stuff. He reiterated that in a company meeting. So that wasn't just, so I didn't say Lipson is implementing it because somebody took that as, hey, Lipson said they're going to do podcast. No, no. The president twice now has said they're going to look at podcasting 2.0 because I don't want to get buried. Like, Dave, quit talking to the press. I'm like, I didn't say that. It was misquoted. So just for the record on that, I'm hoping that they embrace podcasting 2.0. I, I would think it's like stupid if you don't, but you know, um, so that's that right now in terms of, boy, that's a tough one. Who has the the most features? It's going to be up to, and what what they're doing is Buzzsprout and Blueberry now. If you want additional features, like for ten bucks, you can have a premium podcast. If you want to sell, like you know, bonus content, like uh, Blueberry just added that. Um, as does, and then Podbean has. If you want to use Alphonic, that's another six bucks a month. So they're starting to have like here's our base stuff. And then if you want additional features, like Libsyn has dynamic content, it's just our enterprise solution, which is not $10 a month more. It's it's made for networks and things like that. Um, and I guess Gary, I, I missed it. I went back and looked, but um, Randy was saying he had some sort of Libsyn question. He said, get Dave to, to look at that. Yeah, for the record, if you have, let's say you're hosting with Blueberry or Captivate or Buzzsprout or Libsyn or whoever, Always go to the media host. I have seen people in Facebook groups say things that are just blatantly wrong about Libsyn. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. So don't get your tech support from people who maybe know. Like, go to the source. Go to your, your media host and ask that. Um, and then we're talk. Go ahead. You look like you want to say well, something. Well, I, I, I do. I'm constantly surprised. I see this in my own groups. I, where they they'll go back and forth on Facebook for hours trying to get support from people that don't. I mean, they might know or their own experience, and I get it. Like sometimes they're looking for a, they're a person's particular perspective on the, how they use something, but for tech support things, like call the company. I don't. I never did. You know, it's like, well, I just thought I'd ask the public first. No, just call that they have support people for a reason. Right. Like, give them a call. Say, hey, why isn't this working? Like, if it's technical, uh, call them first. Why Why would you not know? Um, there's a, yeah. everybody's got a thousand reasons why. It just, it's one of those things. I'm like, you know, you could avoid this whole, it was it, literally, it was hours worth of back and forth. And at the very bottom of the thread, I'm like, hey, don't let calling our support be the last thing you do. That should be the very first thing yeah. you do. If you have trouble with our support, let me know. And we can get that part fixed. If you're looking for opinions, that's fine. But man, it's just a lot faster to get it from the source. Yeah. You know, it's, you're right. I don't know why people do that. Yeah. I see it all the time. And like, and then you go in and, and you have to answer it gingerly that, Hey, moron, you're, you're wrong. And like, where did you get that information? From? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you well, have, I heard, I heard from Bob that Bob told me yeah. on Facebook that I'm like, does Bob work for the company? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Well, so, so, okay, hold on. So you're saying to me, Bob's authority is more than what ours is. Yeah. Well, Bob told me, well, Bob's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, 
Oh, I don't believe that. I don't. Yeah, it's like, come yeah. on, people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Randy says RSS Blue has all the features right now. I, I'd have to check. I, there was something about RSS Blue because I, when I see like, like Captivate doesn't have unlimited bandwidth, but they give you a lot of bandwidth. And then if you're, you know, if you get more than something like 30,000 downloads a month, then your bill goes from 19 to 50. But I don't know that many podcasts are going to do more than 30,000 downloads a month where I've seen others where they'll have a band and it might be RSS blue. I have to go look at them. Uh, They're based out of Mexico. They're very 2.0 friendly, but I remember looking at it going, Ooh, that's a deal breaker. Um, So I need to go back and and revisit that. Um, Coach Dave is saying if a podcaster self-hosted bad idea with PowerPress and took that feed direct to Apple, would you set up a new blueberry account and reboot the feed? Um, or try to continue to use the self-hosted feed. I would import that feed into Blueberry. So now I've got a Blueberry feed on Blueberry, and I would redirect the PowerPress feed to look at the Blueberry feed because um, they even talked about it in their show, that if you're on a really cheap media host or a web host, that that times of your your PowerPress feed just getting checked over and over and over every day can kind of slow down your website. So I would I would just treat it like it's a you know moving from you know uh whatever um blueberry to Libsyn or Libsyn to you know Spreaker or whoever. I would treat it just like a move. You import it, redirect the old feed to the new feed and and you're good to go. And then I'm not sure how you would go about you'd have to replace all the old episodes, which there is a, a find and replace feature in PowerPress, which is pretty cool, but the whole like that self-hosting thing. I know there are people like, I've been doing it for 15 years. And I'm like, then your show's not that popular because it's not a matter of bandwidth or storage. It's a matter of using up resources. And when 400 people try to grab that MP3 file, you know, all more or less at the same time from a web host, that web host is like, <laughs> and, it, and it can't keep up. Uh, here's a fun question from the Z-Man. Z-Man's always good for thought-provoking questions. Which is the most beneficial transition? Audio to video or video to vice or video to audio. So if I'm a YouTuber, is it better for me to go to, to add audio or is it better for an audio person to add video? Hmm. I mean, on one hand, because it's the, it's the number two search engine, moving to video sounds like a good move. But on the other side, there's more ways to listen than there are to watch, more opportunities to listen than to watch. I think that for me, I, I mentioned this earlier. It's like saying I, I, I do, I love bike riding, and I'm going to take my bike riding to the next level by buying a car. It's two separate things, um, and I need to read this this report from um, Sounds Profitable because they're hinting that people kind of that listen to audio also do video, and I in my case it that's true. But I like, for instance, I watch Justin Hawkins rides again. He's the lead singer from the band The Darkness. I watch his show. I'm pretty sure it's available as an audio, but that's something I watch on YouTube. I have other shows that I listen to that are probably on YouTube, but I prefer to listen to them. So yes, I am a user that does both YouTube and audio, but I don't like either you're an audio person to me or a video like, for example, Ozzy Osbourne is on YouTube. His family does a podcast now. It's not very good, but it is fun turning on the closed captioning, trying to watch the closed caption 
figure out what the heck Ozzy's saying. That's literally half the reason I watch that. So that's a very YouTube thing. I could listen to it, and I have subscribed to it because I thought I was going to listen to it. I've never listened to it. So I, I'm not sure I'm buying the people that like your show will listen to it and watch it. I, I don't know. Do you do that at all, Jim? Do you have shows that you watch and listen to? I have shows that uh, the same I have a podcast show. that I sometimes watch on YouTube, but most of most of the time I listen to it in the podcast app because that's just the way I consume it. Every once in a while it shows up on my feed and I go, oh, well, maybe I'll watch this one. I don't find it watching Talking Heads is, listen, uh, there's a comment in chat about this from Gary. He says the number two search engine is YouTube. So uh, I'd imagine adding video would be a benefit. It's some, I mean, your content needs to be interesting. It just because it's the number two search engine doesn't mean it's going to go nuts. Right. I mean, I, I, I've got content providers that are making videos about my work content that gets more views than my stuff does. And it's the source. Right. And you're like, okay, so it's the number two search engine. It doesn't guarantee you anything. It doesn't mean you're going to get why there's some DIYers out there that have millions of subscribers and they, all they do is show what they do every day. Who knows why they're, yeah. If I, then there's other ones who don't, I do know this. If you don't put it on YouTube, you're going to get zero views. Right. I know that for sure. Yep. Will will it be worth it to you? Will you get, I don't know what's worth it. What is that? Yeah. What, what's worth it to you? I get a couple hundred views on home gadget geeks. Every episode gets a couple hundred at the call to coach stuff. I do for Gallup. They get a thousand or two. Is it worth it? Well, it's, it, I know it'd be zero if I didn't have it out there. Congratulations, Jim. You just made it into the next episode of the School of Podcasting. That was, you'll probably be a YouTube short as well. Uh, that oh, was, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> gonna be Is that famous? what you're telling me? Because for me, like the School of Podcasting, the audio is converted to a video and put on YouTube. Not on my YouTube channel, by the way. It's got its own channel. I'm like, I don't want that stuff anywhere near it. And I get maybe 10 to, if I'm lucky, 15 on that particular one. So, um, yeah, it's it's always kind of interesting. Uh, SP says he thinks YouTube Music is going to be a much bigger player because you can do audio and video in that. And I've heard James Cridlin say, as a podcast app, it's not awful. And I went, huh? I need that's one of the things I want to do over the holiday. I want to go Listen, check that. Google out. Google will find a way to mess this up. <laughs> they will. They will find a way to mess up. I just those guys over there. I don't yeah. Know. I, I, Dan has a great point. Google's the number one search engine, and my podcast is there, but that doesn't mean it gets more listeners from Google. Yep. Um, and then Chris, who plays and lives in video, uh, create content in YouTube that is made for YouTube. You can't expect content that's made for audio to, to perform well in YouTube. Amen, brother. That's exactly it. So it's it's so what does that mean? Made for YouTube? Because everybody has a different opinion of what this means. Listen, I literally watch a guy stack wood <laughs> and he has, he has a bunch of subscribers and yeah, yeah. like, and all, all he does is cut process and stack firewood. And, and you think, is that content? Is that made for YouTube content? It, well, it's visual. I mean, it wouldn't work as an audio show. You just I, hear you know, this he, chop. <laughs> I, I watch another guy. He's a dairy farmer and, and he, all he does is video himself doing what he does every day. That's, he is literally just showing us his job talks about, you know, he talks about right. the feed and you know, not, and not the feed, the RSS feed, right. the stuff they feed the cows. Right. And, uh, and he's got a bunch of subscribers and you're like, 
is that made for YouTube? I like, so I, I always question that it needs to be made for YouTube. What does that even mean? Yeah. Cause there's some, there's just some stuff out there. You're like, I don't know if this, what this, I, I think we have some ideas of what we think that means, but I don't think that means what you think it means. So there you go. Yeah. Is I realize we're running over, but one last point, yeah. I was yeah, yeah. watching Bill Hader on Conan O'Brien needs a friend. So there's actually, there's one where I listened to the episode. I, I hate that show. It's first eight minutes. It's just Conan doing eight minutes of inside jokes with his assistant. I know some people love that banter. I'm like, he had the president of the United States on the on his podcast, and he sp- still took like nine minutes to get to the interview. And I'm like, you're driving me nuts. But he was interviewing Bill Hader, and Bill Hader is a film buff. And he said it was interesting because he has all these old like Hitchcock movies and, you know, all the Jimmy Stewart, you know, was in this movie or whatever. And he was watching them, and he said his um, his daughter, I think it was, had a bunch of friends over. So they're like, you know, 12, right? Almost teens. And... They're watching. They're like, eh, what do you want to do? And he said it was interesting because there's this, I think it's um something like Rearview Window, but it's a Hitchcock movie with Jimmy Stewart. And there's a guy across the street killing people and Jimmy's watching them and blah, blah, blah. And he said, there's this one scene where this woman goes over, like sneaks into this guy's till a killer's apartment and she finds something that proves what's going on. And then the, the killer comes in and uh, all of a sudden looks up and looks right at the camera and at that point, you realize he's looking up, he's looking across the street at Jimmy Stewart. So everybody knows what's going on now. And he said, every single one of those kids went, oh, like, oh, like, and he goes, and it really comes down to good storytelling. He goes, it doesn't matter if it's in black and white or color, or if they're CGI or not. He goes, it really comes down to great content and the way it's delivered. And I was like, amen, Bill Hader. He's like, that's, he goes, I know we're all like old movies stink. And they're, he's like, if it's good storytelling delivered well. And I was like, that's about it. So, uh, I think it has more to do with the YouTube algorithm than anything. Oh, that's true. That's one of my I things. I think that, they choose. I think they choose yeah. what's going to be, I, you can make all the great content you want. If they don't choose it, it doesn't get surfaced and nobody watches it. Yeah. I, that sounds super cynical. I hate to end 2023 no, on a cynical dude, note. It's, it's the, so funny because this. This next episode I'm doing is talking about realistic expectations. And it just, I, I want to name it peeing in your Cheerios. Cause that's, it's, it's fairly, it's like, Hey, this is possible. But like, I saw a guy on YouTube talking about how you can, you can make a living on YouTube. Cause he does, he has 900,000 subscribers. And I'm like, I need to go see when he started his channel. Cause again, I I'm look, I'm an optimist most of the time, but I'm also like, it's not like. It's not a color by numbers. You can't just go step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, step four. And then you make a million dollars. I'm like, no, there's there's a little thing called luck and, you know, other things in there. So I that, and that's really like, oh, don't don't dash my dreams, Dave ah, Jackson. Just yeah, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we are here next week. Yeah, because uh, the holidays tomorrow and uh, happy new year, everyone. You ready? Here's the phrase, the phrase that pays, doing more in 24. Uh, Ask the Podcast Coach will be uh, here, as always, uh, helping you with your questions. And, uh, you know, the Z-Man will be here making us go, hmm. So that's always fun. And Coach Dave and all the other people, remind me next week. uh, I said I was going to do that this week, but we're running out of time. I want to thank all our awesome supporters. So I'll be reading everyone's name, plus... um, 
the one that I said I was going to do the big shout out, we'll do another big shout out. And think about this. If you actually become a patron at askthepodcastcoach.com slash support, we'll give you a giant shout out. You could be the first patron of 2024. Cool. And all your dreams will come true. That's it. I'm and you'll make sure. A, yeah. All, and you'll make yeah. a million dollars and uh, all, all that other stuff. So happy new year to everyone. If you're going out this weekend, be safe because there are a lot of drunk people. Said the guy that used to play in a band. And uh, we will see you right here next week. Ask the podcast coach. Like, subscribe, and smash. Obliterate that bell.